Matt Stepp, what did you do on your summer vacation? I waited for this moment. Step and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your best friends, your roommates at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tupper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We we love you very much. And we, we would not be sitting here on a Monday afternoon. With the heat index at 112. With the heat index of 112 if we did not appreciate you. We do. So thank you very much yes. for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. You're wonderful and you're my favorite. Um, Matt... We made it. The the long we made hang, it. Hang the mission accomplished banner. Yes. Hang the mission accomplished banner. This is it is my delight to tell you that this is your week one preview show. I, I like our off season shows. I do, but they're not as fun as our in season shows. They're fine. Like they're good. And I'm I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't listen to all of our content because yeah. please do. These but are more fun. This is. This is it. Like yeah. everything else is, like you're. We were talking all these, all these different analogies we have, right? When you were talking about seven on seven, you always called it like the, the, chips, the and chips and salsa. salsa. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the freaking enchilada. Yes, yes. The fajitas, the the as they say in the valley, the Montana platter has come with the uh, quesadillas, the fajitas, <laughs> the ribs. It's all here. Yes, it's all. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a smorgasbord Matt, of football. There are seven hundred and twenty-two high school football games this weekend. Yes. It's 722. It's glorious. It is. Like, we have not... And the thing is, we have not had... I, I know that people are saying, oh, well, I mean, there were games played in, 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 in at Christmas. And that's true. But also, one, it's August. And two, we haven't had a full slate like this. Since November. Since November. Early November. Since before Thanksgiving. Since two weeks before Thanksgiving. We have been waiting a long, long, long time to go to the Poncho's Mexican Buffet. Yes, raise uh, the flag, Greg. We are raising the flag! Raise the flag. That's what we're doing. This is your Poncho's Mexican Buffet preview. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're raising the flag. More sopapillas, please. Never thought I'd hear that, but it's, 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 it's accurate. <laughs> this is your week one preview of Tup and Step, and we are so delighted that you've decided to spend part of your day with us. Uh, we will start, as always, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt... Allen currently holds the record for the active regular season winning streak, right? They've won 65 regular season games in a row. I believe the last one was to Coppell. Yes, Coppell, Kyler Murray's sophomore year. That's right, C-O-C-O-P-P-C-O-P-P-E-L, Coppell, Cowboys. Um, 2012, last time though. Coppell's Greg's alma mater, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Matt Stepp, who's second on the list? The active regular season winning streak. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. All right. 40 in a row. 40 in a row. So they've had four consecutive 10 no seasons. 10 no seasons. It's the only team. I was actually surprised they were the only team to have four consecutive 10 no seasons. Hmm. It's got to be somebody really good. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> it's not Highland Park they lost to Rockwall. It's not Highland Park. years ago. Um, boy, this is t- Canadian. Canadian. Is not Canadian. Uh, oh, because Canadian lost to in fifth place. Yeah. The Gunner Tigers have won thirty-four in a row. Okay, 
In fourth place, the Argyle Eagles have won 36 in a row. Yeah, because they beat La Vega last year in regular season. In third place, the Alito Bearcats have won 39 in a row. Mm-hmm. But in first place, 40 in a row, rather second place, I should say, mm-hmm. first place down. The Denton Ryan Raiders That's right. have won yeah. 40 in a row in the regular season. Uh, who do they open with? Um, I've got this up somewhere. Um, there's a way to find this out. Poteet? Then Ryan Mesquite Poteet. Yeah. Not a walkover. Not a walkover. No. They got Seth McGowan. It's going to be fun. You, you know what? We, I didn't, we didn't even... Denton Ryan Poteet did not make our week one mega preview. That's a really good game. That's that a just super shows you good how game. loaded the slate is this week. It really is. It's a great, great slate in week one. But anyway, that is your Texas High School football fun fact of the week. Denton Ryan, second on the list behind Allen of uh, regular season. Uh, I will say, and maybe we'll get to it a little later... Maybe Alan Streak is in a little bit of trouble. Maybe. Well. we'll get to that coming up here, maybe, in the back half of the show. But, uh, Matt, we're here. We're in the warm embrace of Texas high school football season. It's, it's, it's that time of year. Um, of course, if you're Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, uh, you will get, you've got computer rankings up. Uh, you've sure. got computer projections up, which should go up Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, of all 722 Texas high school football games, uh, I am looking at them right now. Um, it's an absurd, it's an absurd amount of games. It's it's a, one one might argue too many games. Others might argue not enough. I, I agree. Um, There's we, never enough. So everything, everything from Aldi Eisenhower to Fort Ben Marshall, all the way down to Wiley Prep taking on Greenville Christian, we prov- we will give you computer projections for all uh, 722 games coming up Wednesday. Uh, but if you're unfamiliar, if this is your first time listening to Tap and Step during the season, welcome. Welcome. We will give you a quick reset of how we usually do this. Uh, Step and I will go back and forth in what we call our game draft, where we pick games that we are most interested in. Once we pick it, it's off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll mention, we'll go five rounds, we'll, we'll mention ten games, and at the very end, we will also have our hipster game of the week, mm-hmm. which is... The return of the hipster game. Uh, a game that uh, is off, uh, off the, you know, a little bit nerd quotient going mm-hmm. on, a little bit mm-hmm. of, you got to be a high school football dork to really appreciate, but we think there's some intrigue there. Yeah. And if you're a high school football dork, you're probably listening to this show. That's exactly right. Uh, so... Uh, we are going to start. Uh, we did the coin flip beforehand. Matt Step gets one one of two thousand and nineteen. Right, he gets the first overall pick, and so with the first overall pick of the two thousand nineteen Texas High School Football Week One Tap and Step Draft. Enough words there. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Where are you going, Matt? I'm gonna keep it chalky. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Thursday night, mm-hmm. Galena Park ISD Stadium, mm-hmm. as the Katy Tigers visit the defending six A Division One state champion. North Shore Mustangs, who are battling injuries right now. That is kind of the intrigue here yeah, for me. Yeah, this, uh, you know, this, 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 there's intrigue in both both ways for for this game for me. Katie has questions, offensive line and the running back position, which what? is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a unique Katie team that I think is going to be. We saw it in summer in seven on seven. They were very good in seven on seven. And it's because of quarterback Bronson McClelland. They've got a dynamic group of receivers who can catch the football, and they're really good in the secondary as well. I mean, they've got a good defensive backfield, but the front seven and the offensive line, those are the question marks for Katie, which is a very un like So seeing how – I, I want to see how the Tigers look in, in yeah. this alignment. Do they have a running back waiting in their wings that we just didn't know about? Are, are they going to de- – we, we, they're probably, they probably do. They're probably going to develop an offensive line. They're probably, they're, we think, based on past history, they're going to develop these positions – 
but there's still some unknowns there for the Katy Tigers. On the other hand, you look at North Shore, um, they bring back a lot of firepower at the skill spots from last year's team, but they've got questions on the defensive line. They lost the whole defensive line from last year, and that was such a really, really unique group for them last year. You know, they got Corey Flagg, the Miami commit, back at linebacker. They've got a great secondary. They, they, they've got all this firepower, but they've got a, a key guy out. Uh, for those who don't know, Shadrach Banks, their A&M commit, stud junior wide receiver who tore Duncanville apart mm-hmm. in the state title game last year, is out. Uh, he broke his foot earlier this summer. Um, tried to come back, I think, a little bit too soon from that foot injury. He's uh, All reports is back in a boot and will not play in this game and, and is likely out for at minimum – the non-district schedule mm. that's a big big loss for north shore because banks is is one of the top junior receivers rec- he's yeah. one of the top receivers in the state of texas mm-hmm. so does north shore rely on that two-headed monster of zach evans and john gentry in the backfield a little bit more um while they try to develop some some of their other receivers in this game so yeah. super intrigued just by that those that kind of dichotomy in the matchups yeah i think that even if there weren't those types of intrigue and and kind of injury questions we'd still be in, interested in this in a vacuum because it's north shore and katie yeah. these are the yeah. premier houston area programs playing each other in week one and by the way i think it's worth mentioning like i i applaud john k and gary joseph for signing this game for doing this game yeah. because there are a lot of there are there are teams out there that wouldn't play a game like this that wouldn't say no we're going right into the teeth of it and they're like nah you know what we want to own knowing especially full well they're that there's, there's a, a very good chance this is the one of two matches. They play in the third round. You think it was one of those deals at realignment where everyone kind of paired off and they're kind of just standing at opposite ends of the room looking at each other like, you want to dance? Uh, you wanna, do you yeah. want to do this? Um, yeah, it's, it's super intriguing to me. Um, when's the last time, I was trying to think about this, is the last time that the headliner on a KD offense was a quarterback when they had Andy Dalton? Probably, yeah. That's probably the last time that, mm-hmm. as far as the the most known commodity, and I think you're right. You know, KD gets the benefit of the doubt as far as developing a running game because they just always do. They just we they, just they don't produce running backs that like, like like Travis produces quarterbacks, but we just don't know. Yeah. We have no idea. Like we and they haven't tipped their hand last um, year. Both it seemed like the past re- recent years, KD had an, a, an upper class running yes. back and they had a lower class running back. And last year, Deion, they had you know they had basically two seniors when DeAndre Glass wasn't running the ball. I think the other guy. That was Glass's backup was mm-hmm. also a senior. So well, and some... what I remember very distinctly was when Kyle Porter was a senior. Then that's when we started hearing, man, he's like, like you got to see this young guy, DeAndre Glass. Like mm-hmm. that's when, like, there's always and then that, before that it was Rodney Anderson. Yeah, and, there's always that overlap of like, there's a cut, like, yeah, he's becoming a senior, but we got this sophomore, we got this mm-hmm. freshman, and you're not going to believe him. Yeah, we haven't heard about that freshman mm-hmm. for North Shore. Look, I, I think that there's going to be a target on them. They have had an entire year basically of everyone laying flowers at their feet yeah yeah and telling them how great they are and i know that you know that's probably something like i i know i know john k is very how do i want to put this that is something he is cognizant of absolutely and he he knows i've got to get these guys focused they had an edge last year they played with an edge they played with a chip on their shoulder even though they were the best team in every game that they played right they played with a chip on their shoulder can he put that chip back on their shoulder uh, at home on TV, by the way, on mm-hmm. ESPN? Mm-hmm. Um, they are. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how this game shakes out, it's even with uh, the injuries uh, in, in play. But the computer has North Shore by six, which would mean that they have, on a neutral site, they have North Shore by three. Um, I think that that 
you know, obviously North Shore starts year number one. Dave Campbell's Texas football. Yeah. We think they're the team to beat in 6A Division One. Let me ask you hypothetically. Let's say Katie goes out there and beats North Shore. Not will people overreact because people will, people will people overreact. always oh, week one games yes. always has a lot of crazy results and people will over and we we're guilty of it sometimes Absolutely. too because it's it's like the first time we've had football in a while. Mm-hmm. There's always some wonky wonky results in week one. Yes, should they overreact? Should they? How should they react? Let's say Katie goes out there. Let's say Katie goes out there and beats them by the same score that North Shore beat them by last year, thirty-five twenty-one. I would my my take would be give the credit to Katie. Yeah, here I, th- I think if if anything, give credit to Katie. I would not jump off the North Shore. I mean, obviously there would be you know you're concerned if they lost a game, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't jump off the the wagon on North Shore after week one. One one element we have not mentioned: the North Shore offensive line. Which returns largely intact. A lot of the big Damian George, the big tackle. Yeah, um, Alabama they, commit. They've got a lot of dudes up front. That that that. If you talk about people that gave Katie a lot of trouble, it was that offensive line. That mm-hmm. they, that, and they were not used to getting dominated up front. They got dominated up front. Now North Shore dominate pretty much everybody up front, maybe with the exception of Duncanville. Yeah. But that is uh, a a unit to watch in this game. That's why I wonder. You wonder in this game if. if with Banks being out, if, if if North Shore just says, you know, we got two Division One running backs here, and we are just going to, we're just we're just going to feed those guys the rock. I like it. It's a it's it's one one. Katie and North Shore Thursday night at uh, Galena Park ISD Stadium. Uh, hey Matt. Yes, sir. Would you describe me as a company man? Uh, yeah, you're a company man. You. You know where your bread is buttered, and I don't blame you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's go Thursday night, 7 o'clock, at R. Clinton Shoals Stadium in Mason, Texas. It's got another name, doesn't it? Better known as the Puncher Dome. As the 2A Division One state champion, Mason Punchers, welcome in the Wallhawks live on Fox Sports Southwest as part of Texas Football Days. Um, uh, make the check out to you can just make it out to cash. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, I really and truly, I, I would, I would choose this game even if this game were not being televised. Absolutely, heck yeah. This is a banger of a small school game. Uh, you have, of course, the two A Division One state champion uh, Mason Punchers coming back, and it's at the Puncher Dome. I will be there. It is going to be dope, and I am super excited. I've never seen a game at the Puncher Dome. I've been there. <sighs> I've never seen a game there. I think that place is going to be jam-packed. Oh. Purple on one side, green on the other. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to, and, and the the spectacle on Fox Sports Southwest is going to be great. You've got Mason. Mason is an interesting team because they've got just enough back that you go, yeah, I think they're going to be able to run it back. But they're also missing just enough that you go, oh, I've got some questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Specifically... They're losing the quarterback, Otto Wofford, that I know you and I talked a lot about how we thought he was, in many ways, the um, kind of the, the straw that stirred the drink for Absolutely. them Absolutely. He, he, he was really underrated throwing the football. Yeah. He was really good throwing the ball. He ran that offense really well. It, it seems like Witt Beerschwally will be the new mm-hmm. quarterback for, uh, for Mason, uh, which it's is a very Mason. Perfectly name. German name. Um, but uh, so he and then, you know, they also lose their, their top running back. They lose uh, Jake Cockerham, mm-hmm. who's their top running back. Now, Clay Clearner's back and he's going to be probably toting the mail for them. I know they've also got another uh, another kid that they really, really like in. Um, oh, I had his Mason's going to produce running back. Jay Thacker. Yeah, right. They're going to find guys. So, the football. so but the, we kind of want to see who steps up for this offense. Right. They have a new coach, too. I mean, and thank you. Yeah. The thing that, that I think is really interesting is that they have a new ish coach. Right. They have a new coach, obviously. 
um, as Cade Burns, in the most two-way move of all time, <laughs> leaves uh, leaves after a state championship at, with a 100-9 record and becomes a school principal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they they promote Michael McLeod, the defensive coordinator, uh, to head coach. And so this will be his head coaching debut. Taking on a wall team that I think is a lot more of a known commodity. Um, I think we know what wall's about. We know yeah. what the offense is going to look like. They're going to run that flex bone attack with Mason Fuchs and Chase Rios. They're going to run it well. Their defense figures to be pretty good. Front seven for wall is going to be pretty good. Front seven with Joe Walker leading the the, the way with the, at the defensive end spot. Um, I'm fascinated by this game. I think there's a, a one thing that's interesting. Mason has won 38 straight at the Puncher Dome. 38 straight. Mm-hmm. Severe peril today in this one. Absolutely. Severe I, peril. Wall pushed him last year. Yes. And, and I would, you know, on paper, you would say Wall is, is better this year mm-hmm. with the experience they have coming back. And Mason, at least early, may not be quite as strong as last year. And let's not forget, by the way, this is a 3A in, in Wall against a 2A in Mason. Yes. So they will have an inherent advantage there. 3A Division One mm-hmm. in yes. Wall. Um. I'm really interested in how how these small school guys handle the scene. Absolutely, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts, and it was going to be nuts even before Fox was going to be there. Yeah. And now you're showing up, and and now Aaron Hardigan's going to be there, <laughs> and they're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, Aaron Hardigan's watching me play football." Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but in all sincere, uh, in all seriousness, like it's a it's a spectacle. Like it's this thing, the this circus is... is coming to town, yeah. uh-huh. and and so I want to see who handles that better. Houston Houston guy is a steadying force. You've got a guy in Michael McLeod coaching his first game again. You can't do a whole lot better than a defensive-minded team promoting the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm very interested in this game because there's just a lot of questions we're going to answer about both these teams. You know, we, we usually don't make picks on this on this show mm-hmm. because we save the picks for uh, the previews later mm-hmm. on in the week. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll give one up. I'm picking a wall in this game. Wow, just, just saying, pick a wall. Uh, I. You know what? I think you're well within your rights. I think this is a great game. I think it's interesting in a lot of different ways. I think the, I think being Thursday night makes it interesting too because it's you know it's it's you are kicking off the season yeah. and they're always already going to be butterflies and when you move it up a little bit, it's going to be really really fun. Not just because I'm going to be there, but uh, it's going to be so great. It's going to be more fun because you're I'm there. I'm so excited. Mason and Wall going out Thursday. You're so excited you're leaving on Wednesday. I'm leaving on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday morning. I'm, I'm going. I'm driving to Mason County. It's going to be a lot of fun. Although I'm not staying in Mason. Do you know why? There's no hotels there in Mason. There are no hotels in Mason. Yeah. I'm staying in Brady. All right. Matt. All right. I am going to pick my Friday night game. Ooh. A game that I will be at Friday night mm-hmm. as Tarleton State will be opening their brand new stadium as Argyle mm. comes to town to take on the Stephenville Yellow Jackets. Um, I'm intrigued by this matchup, not just because of the, the new stadium, which I, I've heard is awesome, um, but this is, you know, Argyle and Stephenville played the last two years. Stephenville knocked Argyle out of the playoffs two years ago. Last year, Argyle um, in Argyle knocked, knocked Stephenville off uh, to open the season. Uh, but this is a Stephenville team that's got a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. One place they don't have a question mark is quarterback with Cade Renfro, the UNT commit. I think there's there are, I think you're right. There are question marks, but there are also things I really like about this team, like the, like quarterback. Like you got Cade mm-hmm. Renfro, and we saw him at seven on seven, and he showed he, he looks out. the part. Oh, he looks yeah. the part. The supporting cast is where the big question marks are, and and the offensive line. And you know, Stephenville's got a new coach, Sterling Doty, the uh, Stephenville alum, comes over from Magnolia, and. Regardless of what Stephenville has back on paper, the expectations in Erath County are always incredibly high, and there's going to be a lot of pressure. And he's coaching his first game at his alma mater, 
and they're playing one of the top teams in the state in, in the Argyle Eagles. Mm-hmm. And you look at Argyle, and I'm interested who plays quarterback. I'm, I've heard rumblings Bo Hogaboom's been a little nicked up. He didn't play mm-hmm. in the scrimmages. Um, but they've got Tito Bice back. They've got a massive offensive line. Um, Argyle's they're, they're solid top to bottom. They're one of the deepest teams in 4A Division One out there. And, and the, the matchup of, of Argyle and that ultra-aggressive defensive scheme that they play – where they play that space, they basically play a ten-one. They man up, yeah. man press, and they don't get out of it. And Stephenville, when Stephenville beats them, it's because Stephenville's exploited that defense a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if the young Stephenville receivers can free themselves up because they have a good enough quarterback to make Argyle's defense pay in this game. Twenty seventeen is when that happened. They played in the playoffs. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Argyle was looking like they were running to a state championship, and then they ran into Stephenville, and Stephenville was just a bad matchup mm-hmm. for their defense. They had those Stephenville, those two big outside receivers, mm-hmm. and Argyle, they, they were just throwing the ball up, and they were just going up making plays. Uh, I do think Argyle gets a benefit of the doubt. Um, I think they're the more complete team at the Absolutely, moment, yeah, um, which makes that really interesting. I also, you know, my question. Um, I have questions about the Argyle defense. I think they've got a couple of, of pieces they need to replace there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're probably the favorite in this one. The computer says, I, why, am I, why am I guessing what they are? Uh, Argyle by 20 is a little rich for my blood. Yeah, yeah. But in Stephenville, I, I, yeah. I think Stephenville, I, I, you know, I do think Argyle's the favorite. Mm-hmm. I think Stephenville will keep it competitive, but there's a lot of questions with Stephenville this and year. And we're going to answer a lot of them. In this first one, because for both these teams, we're gonna I'm gonna answer what is Argyle defense? Because here's the thing: if Cade Renfro comes out and slices and dices them, we got to reconsider where we have Argyle in the pecking order. Absolutely. So I'll come back with a full report on the press box I'm, spread. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about that Brand new, new stadium, new press box. It's interesting. I'm very interested in that. Should be choice. Uh, I guess the the game will be good too, but more importantly, the press box. All right, my second pick of the week. Let's go behind the pine curtain. And the game that was on Texas Football Days last year, mm. the return game, as Longview, the 6A Division II state champions, traveled to Lufkin uh, to take on a Lufkin team that is um, anxious for another shot. Uh, and easy to see why this team is really excited about this team, especially offensively. I think Lufkin's offense could be silly. They've got dynamic, dynamic oh, they have players. Game breakers. Yeah. Between, and and it, I think people are going to look at Jalen Polk and be like, yeah, Jalen Polk, but who else? I think Jordan Moore, the quarterback, the junior quarterback, is going to be a name that people know. He looked great last year in the Longview game in the, yes. as a sophomore in his he first did. start. Yeah, a guy who had every right to be deer in headlights, and he came out and looked really, really solid. Mm-hmm. And then this running back, Caleb Berry, they have game breakers all over the field. Uh, they also have a game breaker in the secondary. Jaron Thompson. Jaron Thompson's Texas commit. a monster. Yeah. He is arguably the best defender on the field uh, in pretty much every game they play. Yeah. Right? I saw Lufkin down at 7-on-7, seven seven, and they they are impressive with the skill spots. But they've got the, the big questions, I think, for them, I don't know if they match up well with Longview. That's what's so interesting, yeah. this, because their big questions are going to be up front on both, both sides. sides. Mm-hmm. On both sides. And where has Longview always excelled? John King always has a good offensive line. Always a big offense, always a good offensive line, always strong front seven. And by the way, they also just so happen to have arguably the best quarterback in the state in Haynes King. If I'm taking one quarterback in one game, it's Haynes King. Haynes King, the Texas A&M commit. Texas A&M commit, coach's kid, um, a guy who led them to the promised land last year. They will build, they will build a statue of John and Haynes King one day. That is yeah. a promise, mm-hmm. okay? Um, 
and he is looking to kind of put down his legacy as let's put it this way he'll be in east texas he'll be he'll be talked about in east texas in the terms of like earl campbell adrian peterson those hush tones if he guides them to -to back-to-back titles if he guides them to -to back-to-back titles there is there isn't they might rename the stadium after him okay (laughs) yeah it is that big of a deal he's already legend but he can be God mm-hmm. out there if he guides into another title. Now look, Longview is 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 they got some pieces to replace. Yeah. They got some big pieces to replace, especially in the secondary, mm-hmm. uh, which is which what makes this interesting because I wonder if this passing game of Lufkin can exploit Longview's yes. youth. Uh-huh. If they can if they can protect uh Jordan Moore, I think they've got a shot to to dice up this Longview defense. And I think the other question is who's Haynes King throwing the ball to? Right. They're, they're, most of the receiving core graduated too. Mm-hmm. I think they got they got the running game. Longview's always going to have a good running back, yeah. <laughs> at least one. Caden Meredith is is the next one. He saw times a sophomore last year on the title team. He's the, he's the guy. But I think the questions are for Longview who's whose hands going to throw the ball to? Yeah, somebody's got to catch the ball. So that's 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 so interesting to me. I am super super interested this in this game's game. At Aid Martin Stadium. It's in and Lufkin. It's yeah. It's it's that is and and Lufkin. The last two Man. losses to Longview okay. have been as agonizing as it They have gets. been agonizing. They won another bite of the apple. And I think that in many ways, this is the game that they want most. Because if you can go out and you can make the defending champs who have been on a seven-month seven bender, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. a seven-month East Texas party, if you can go out there and make them 0-1, that is the sweetest plum for Lufkin. So I am very interested in this. It's Lobos and Panthers, Longview at Lufkin. Uh, Guts going on at uh, Abe Martin Stadium Friday night, 7.30 p.m. What is your third pick, Matthew? All right. I'm heading down to the Rio Grande Valley Mm. for the Battle of Conway. Mission and Mission Vets, one of our uh, look-in games on Fox Southwest, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about Mission Vets and having Landry Gilpin and Mr. Texas football last year going to the regional final last year. Remember, Mission beat them in the season opener last year. Mm-hmm. Mission stunned Mission Vets because Mission Vets was the heavy, heavy favorite in this game, and and Coy Detmer's squad uh, kind of just said, you know what, we uh we don't we're not buying in, and we're gonna we're gonna tell you you may be the best team in in the valley in five A, but we're the best team in our own town. Yeah, and Mission had a great year last year, and I think they're looking to carry some momentum here. Um, you know, the Eagles have a really dynamic quarterback in Jeremy Duran. Horatio Maranta is, is, is an excellent running back. And you know Coach Detmer is going to have a, a dynamic and unique offensive scheme to uh, go at Mission Vets. On the other hand, Mission Vets, uh, you know, the, the, the big run they had last year. But, you know, you talk to Coach Gilpin, and he's – it's not a rebuild for them. No. The, he, he, they're, they expect – to do the same thing they did last year and, and exceed it, and they do have they don't have a lot a lot back, but they've got some of the weapons that that were key last year are back. AJ Gonzaki, um, Mikey Garcia, Danny Cantu. Um, AJ Gonzaki put up stupid numbers. Yes, last year. they've got the the talent. It's going to be a matter of they've, they've got a sophomore quarterback, and I know Coach Gilpin likes him a lot. Um, and he looked good in seven on seven. They they looked good. They went to state seven on seven, and their young quarterback. I think knows the scheme well, and they've got that program in place where they, they can just develop quarterbacks. But this is his first start, sophomore, big game in town. Tom Landry Stadium is going to be rocking and rolling uh, Friday night. There's a lot on his plate here. 
it's going to be interesting. You, a lot of people might even consider Mission High the favorite in this game mm. because of what they have coming back and considering they beat Mission Vets last year. I'd be interested what the computer thinks of that game. Let's see. But on paper, Mission's got more back than Vets. Mission by three. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this the, – the roles are completely reversed in this game. Because last year, we, all we talked about was Mission Vets and Landry Gilpin and what they had coming back and, and Mission – pulled the upset it's a little bit opposite this year so i'm super interested in this game and anytime you get a big rivalry game in the valley i think it's a must-see tv and i think uh, fox was wise to choose this as a looking game yeah i think that this is going to be um i think it's going to be interesting and and, and uh, you know i i will take very 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 small credit fox came to me in the off season and said give us a list of games and i told him i was like if you're looking for atmosphere Mission and Vets is going to have it. Have it in spades. Tom Landry, uh, Tom Landry Stadium is going to be absolutely uh, positively rocking. It's going to be a lot of fun, and so uh, I think that um, I think that this is a a, a situation where uh, look the, the elephant in the room is that Landry Gilpin's not walking down, not walking through uh, that door, and it's easy to. <clears throat> I think it's easy to say, like, oh, okay, well, Mission's going to come in and roll him. But I take I take Coach Gilpin as word when he says we think we got something, mm-hmm. and we don't think we're going away. And He's very confident. I think he is, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Should be a fun game down the valley. A great atmosphere. I don't even know who's going down there for us. I would need to check who's going down there for Fox, rather. Yeah, um, yeah. I should go check, but uh, but they're going to be in Tom Landry yeah. Stadium. Just recently got. Remember last year, this game was not at Tom Landry Stadium. I don't believe. I think mm-hmm. I think they're still working on the remodel. So, uh, you know, the fact that this is, you know, Tom Landry Stadium has been remodeled. It should look, it, it will be full. I can promise you that. That is a promise. It will be full. It will be full. All right, my third pick. I'm going Coastal Bendon. And it's a sure thing against Dave Campbell's Texas football darling. Let's go. I believe this game's in Tidehaven, right? Yeah. Refurio taking on Tidehaven. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Tidehaven. What's the name of their stadium? Tidehaven, is it Texas Bob is what I'm typing in. It is yes, so is Delvin L Tasca Stadium ah uh, in in beautiful Tidehaven, uh, beautiful El Maton, Texas, uh, in Matagorda County. Uh, seats twenty one seventy six. If you're interested in our friends at Texas Bob, it's uh, a very exact attendance figure. This is, it is listen. I appreciate Lucio. I appreciate their, every com- seat. their yeah. commitment to yeah. accuracy. Yeah. Um, Look, what I love about this game is that this is a perfectly Jason Herring game to schedule in that la- in that whenever Refurio always wants to line up everybody. Yeah. They want to line up a murderer's row. If Allen would play Refurio, Al- Refurio would take the game. They would play. Yeah, they would take because the they want to play cuz let's be honest, their district is usually not great. They're usually they don't the get pushed. Yeah. And so they they need to front load their schedule in order to see where their warts are if they as they prepare for a playoff run. Right. And this is a bigger school, Tidehaven's a bigger school, and Tidehaven's a top 10 team in 3A Division 2. I I I here I have a conspiracy theory. Can we put on our galaxy brains here for a minute? I'm All putting right. on my galaxy brain. I think I think Jason Herring called Tidehaven's rise. And that's why this game is scheduled. I think Wouldn't he surprised me. He's on it. Jason I think, Herring's on, I think he looked around and he goes, you know what? I think I think Lucio's going to get that thing cooking, yeah. and I want to play them. And so he did. And last year, Refurio smoked him. Okay, it was if I remember correctly, thirty-five nothing. Thirty-five nothing. It was a it was a dominant dominant yeah. effort. Uh, but Tidehaven got a lot. 
better as the year went on, and they are loaded. And they've improved through the summer. Oh, we saw them man. at seven on seven. We thought they had some, you know, that, that they've got a lot of talent and, and, and a lot of experience back. Um, remember, I guess when, last year when Referio played Todd Haven after that game, did we go, huh, maybe the Flex Cat's going to work? Oh, man. And it didn't work out. Well, and so now what they need to do, thankfully, what they've done is that they have abandoned the Flex Cat. And they have, um, they have instead. They're going back to the the, the spread. They've got a guy to trigger it in Austin yeah. Ochoa. They they feel good about what that's what's going on. Uh, but to me, what's uh, what's most interesting is I want to see what Tidehaven's all about because it's a measuring. Stick. We have bought a lot of stock in Tidehaven. We're a, Dave Campbell's is a bit out on a limb putting them in the top ten. Tidehaven may have never been ranked before. Yeah, really and truly, we have them in the top ten. And it's because of Blake Garcia. It's because of Joey Kaser. It's because of Cal, uh, Cal Davin. It's because of Chase Riojas. It, it, these guys, they bring back a ton of talent from last year's team that got better as the year went on. They have a lot of the familiar symptoms of a team that's ready for that big leap. If they go out there, I'm not asking them to win even, but I'm asking them to go out there and, show, and show out and, yeah. and, and, and show up against a team that we know is a 2A Division One title contender uh, in, in Refurio. This game fascinates me. Uh, if Tidehaven comes away with a win... It is gonna. It's gonna. Like I'm gonna feel honestly. Here, at Dave Campbell's. I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna puff my chest out a little bit. Yeah, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, you know what? We did think that this mm-hmm. was gonna be a game. Now, uh, the computer has this as Refurio by six. Refurio by six. Tidehaven loses by six. I'll feel like you know what? I That's think a so. Good showing. For I think that'd be a good a good showing. Um, but they da- keep it within two touchdowns. But Lucio Lucio's a bit closer to the vest type guy. Whenever you talk, he's like, oh, you know, oh, you think it'll be okay. Like yeah, that. we think you're gonna be a pretty good coach, and we think this is an opportunity to show I don't it. Trust Refurio is a favorite, and I want to see what Armani Brown does too. But I do think, and I want to see what this offense looks like, uh, kind of fully formed. But I do think that Tidehaven Refurio has a chance to be really, really fun. That's my third pick this week. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? All right, I'm headed out to the big country mm. again. As is this again? Uh, where's Stephenville? Stephenville's right on yeah. that weird yeah. three different yeah regions. Amarillo Tascosa visiting Abilene. Long road trip for the Rebels, who are the defending 6A Division II Region One champions. And they're, they're walking into Abilene High, who we think should be a lot better in Mike Fullen's first year at the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, this was, you know, Abilene almost upset Tascosa in Amarillo to open the year. Now, Abilene quarterback Evan Abbey got hurt, um, or Eric Abbey, excuse me, got hurt in the first game of the year, missed the entire year. Abilene dealt with injuries all year, and Tascosa got better and better and better as the year went along. Come in now, Tascosa with Joseph Plunk running that uh, triple option flex bone offense. Um, but they, they, they don't have the guy, King Doru, who's now at Purdue. They think they've got another guy in Major Everhart to, to carry the load, but, you know, Tascosa, early in the year especially, that offense needs some time to click. Mm-hmm. And Tascosa didn't have a scrimmage. So they might come out a little slow, a little sloppy, and if Abilene, who all accounts was very competitive with Copper's Cove in their scrimmage, is a little bit sharper, I think Abilene could pull the upset here at home and really make a statement. Yeah, I think there's a chance they could. I'm not gonna go. Out, I'm not gonna pick it, but you know, also to keep in mind, Tascosa, their best defensive player, LB Moore, the defensive end linebacker who's a committed to Texas Tech, is out this game with an injury. Oh, fantastic. I just recorded my picks. So, oh, well. so um, he's out this week with an injury. So um, take all that into account, and you have a veteran Abilene High squad mm-hmm. who has had that scrimmage. I think there's a chance that Abilene pulls a little bit of an upset. I'm really intrigued by this game. I, I'm not calling the upset. I think Tesco's a little bit more fully formed at the moment. 
I think Joseph Plunk covers up a lot of the the ills. That dude's an operator. Man. He's he so runs good. It off it so well. But the thing for me that's really interesting is I got to see this Tescosa defense, especially if they're going to be without their best player. They got to take a step forward because what ended up do- being their undoing last year was they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, now, they, they just got so far. You know, the Longview game they just dug themselves just way too big of a hole, and they couldn't get it. Even when they tried to come back, they couldn't. They couldn't get that stop. They needed one more stop, and they just couldn't get that one extra yeah. stop. And and so to me, I I want to see some some improvement from the yeah. from that defense. Uh, Eric Abbey's a good quarterback. It's a nice quarterback. It's a good piece for Mike Fullen to take over. Abilene's got two or three young. That, that, keep an eye on Abilene the next couple of years. They've got a good young group coming up in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys could be ready to contribute right away. And the well, game's in Abilene. And the other that's the one thing I'll say. Shotwell is the kind of stadium and draws the kind of crowd that how do I say this without sounding a little a little without sounding a little bit offensive. How do I say this? Okay. If they get rolling, that thing's gonna start pitching up and pitching up and pitching up and, and it's going to hit a fever pitch. And suddenly that place is gonna be rocking. Yeah. It's slow though. You gotta give them something to cheer for, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. But if you give them that little bit early, and if Abilene jumps out fourteen seven, that's all they need. That's the little that's the spark. Yeah. Because Shotwell can become a very difficult place Hornets to play nest. in a nest. hurry. Yeah. Now there have been past years where there has not been a ton to cheer about. The last couple of years. Last couple of years. Yeah. Not been a ton to cheer about, and it gets a little dead. It does. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But you you light that candle, mm-hmm. and suddenly it becomes a hornet's nest. Yeah. You know, the unique thing about Shotwell is the band, Abilene band and the Abilene student section sits on the other side. Yeah. They're right behind it. So that home side is going to be full, and then you have that band and the student section on the Tascosa side. If, if Abilene's off to a good start in this game, it's going to be a, a little bit of a – a tough place for Tascos to play. Long, Longview does the same thing. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I'm not picking Abilene to win this game, but I think a lot of the factors in play here do work in Abilene's favor. I think it's going to be another close, close game. And it wouldn't shock me, and I'm playing kind of both sides of the fence here, it wouldn't shock me if Abilene pulled the upset. I could go big school or small school for my fourth pick. I'm going to go, because mm, I'm going, mm, this stinks. Okay. I'm going Sybil of Steel and San Antonio O'Connor. Um, that's my fourth pick, Sybil of Steel and San Antonio O'Connor. Love this game in the Alamo City. It, it, is, is, it is the game yeah. in San Antonio. Love it. Um, San Antonio, it's weird. In non-district, it always seems like there's only one or two a week. Like, they don't... What, what's funny is that because I think the districts tend to be... There tends to be really good parity in the districts mm-hmm. that... When district play hits, you got three, four, five really good games every week. Mm-hmm. Non-district, I think that coaches, like, they do a good job of spreading it out. Be like, okay, hey, we're steel. We're going to have the really big game this week. Mm-hmm. Or, and then Jets will be like, okay, it's our turn now. You yeah. know, we're going to have the big game. O'Connor and Steele is a banger. O- O'Connor and Steele is really fun. And look, there's a lot of questions around this, this Steele team. I think this has been a program that I think it's fair to say has underachieved the past couple of years. They have not played up to their paper. Mm-hmm. And... They feel like this is the year that it's going to be a return to form. There's whispers that they're that they're back. That it's back. They're whispers, and, but I need to see right. it. They got look. They've got the dude. Jalen Jones is. We have him as the best defensive prospect in the state. Jalen Jones is a monster. He's like DBU now. Yes, it? it really is. And they've got a, now a junior quarterback in White Beagle. He's taking his lumps. Uh, he's he's a going to be a three year starter as a junior. Yeah. 
Uh, they've got dudes on the outside in Daniel Jackson, DeQuavion Thomas. They are they are in kind of if you squint, you can see shades of those the early 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 teens taints uh, <laughs> this decade taints. this decade um, mm-hmm. uh, the early ain'ts um, of those steel teams. This is a They've got dudes. They do. And they've got dudes at the right places. Safety, quarterback, receiver, places that they have traditionally been very good. Well, here's O'Connor. And O'Connor is... Experienced. Big, experienced, and physical. I'm uh, mad because they went 10-0 and and then they had the dreaded 10-1 Yeah, uh, because because they, they ended up drawing they, they Reagan. They about Reagan. Reagan, Reagan just played like the game of their lives in yes. that game and just kind of dominated. Uh, now, and, and the, thing about, the thing about Reagan is... David Molesky, he w- he'll roll the dice on you. And I think that this is the kind of game, I think he's going to go into this. Now, they played last year and they won. O'Connor won. Yeah, because O'Connor went 10-0, and 0, yeah. He's gonna They've th- won two in a row against he's not going to He's not going to dust off everything, but he's going to have a couple of plays. Because David Molesky always likes to have a couple of gadget plays. And they've got some playmakers that I really like. David Dodd is the quarterback going to lead the way behind Logan Parr, who's the big offensive lineman. My question is going to be on defense. What do they do to match up against Steele? I'm fascinated by this game because this is our first look at an O'Connor team that we think is a sleeper, especially if they go division. They're division one, right? Yeah, they're pretty. They're, I think they're locked in. They're locked in division one. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to dream on a team, if you think like Travis is going to be down, right? And losing Lake McCree is not nothing, right? If you think they're going to be down, if you think Judson with a new coach is going to is going to struggle, and you're looking for that third team, mm-hmm. O'Connor's got a chance to be that team. Meanwhile, Steele, boy, Region Two, two Division Two, it's you and Westlake. Yeah, that's it. So if Steele is ready for it, I'd love to see it early because if they do, if they come out there and they win this game. It's going to perk up some ears Absolutely. around, not only around the Alamo City, but around the state. The big thing I'm looking for in the steel from this game is their front seven on defense. Yeah. I need to see steel look like steel on the defensive side of the ball. And they have not looked that way the last couple of years. And when steel's good, they're nasty up front. Yes. And the defensive line at linebacker, they're nasty. And I haven't seen that. They've lacked size and they've lacked, yeah. to be perfectly honest, talent. At, at those positions, and so I think if their defensive line and linebackers uh, can step up and, and be better, I think they've got a chance. Everywhere that Steele, we know they're pretty good, is on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's quarterback, it's receiver, it's secondary. What's in the middle? Yep. If they have studs in the middle, it's game on for Steele. But we're going to find out against a team that we know is solid in the middle yes. with O'Connor. Yeah, Logan Big and Parr, physical. Texas yeah. commit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be great. Finally, your fifth pick, Matthew. All right, I think I'm stealing this game. Are you? You? Sw- I swear to God, <laughs> I think I'm stealing it. Paris. At- no. Okay. Good. All right. Woo! Okay. Good. Paris at <laughs> Texarkana Pleasant Grove. Another great game. Uh, this game hasn't gotten talked about enough, and I've. I'll tell you this: I've talked to a couple of people who've seen Paris scrimmage, and both of them came away saying, "Whoa!" Mm. Like Paris scrimmage Henderson, and and I know we don't make much about much about scrimmages, but when. A team just completely obliterates another team. You're like, okay, this isn't pretty impressive, especially when it's a team like Henderson. Um, and they made a great run last year. We saw Paris in the third round of the playoffs against La Vega. And other than Liberty Hill, really, I guess Liberty Hill and Argyle, Paris went toe to toe with with La Vega and played a really good game. The Wildcats have uh, Zacchaeus Jackson, Dorian Williams back at running back. 
Uh, Hohenberger uh, is taking over at quarterback. He's the nephew of the head coach. I think he's going to give Paris a little more uh, of a passing game. Mm-hmm. You know the Wildcats are going to be fast and physical, but they're going up against a Pleasant Grove team that 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 especially um, is kind of, you know looking looking to kind of get past what happened in the state championship game last year. Right. Josh Gibson's squad uh, is loaded. I mean, this is the year for them. Look, you know, I I I was on Craigway's radio show this morning. And I think there's it, I I call them mortgage teams, the teams there every year there's one or two teams that you'd be willing to bet your mortgage that they win a state championship. It was Newton and Mart last year. Newton and Mart last year, I think I think PG might be it. Yeah, uh, I mean they are the favorite in four A division two. Um, I think that they are. Uh, they've got all the pieces in place. Ben they were Harmon. a year. They were yeah. a year early last year. Yeah, I mean, he talked to, we talked to Josh Gibson before the state title game last year, and he was like, hey, "I didn't really expect to be here." And they, mm-hmm. they you know, he, he, you know, he knew this year was going to be the year with Ben Harmon, th- three year starter at quarterback, Bruce Garrett, three year starter at running back. They've got the big time defensive recruits and Landon Jackson, Marcus Burris. And if you haven't checked out this kid, Nick Martin at linebacker, I know you watched him at seven mm-hmm. on seven, and just he he just looks like a big time linebacker, um, outside linebacker at the next level. All the recruit Nicks love him. I know Greg Powers has spoken highly of him. This is a team that 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 has the pieces to, to be a really really good state title contender. But I think Paris has the pieces to go toe to toe with him. Paris is a bigger school, and the key for Paris in this game. What was their undo? Because if they, it, what was their undoing in this game last year was penalties. Yes, and it was their undoing in the Argyle game. I think in the Argyle game last year, Paris had like twelve penalties and seven turnovers, and still lost by like seven. I think they were the, like there's a real argument they were the better team. Yeah, they've got to play because if they don't play a clean game against Pleasant Grove, they're going to get they'll get housed mm-hmm. at Pleasant Grove. But if they play a clean game, there is. No doubt in my mind they can go into Pleasant Grove and upset the Hawks. Yes. So this is a really fascinating matchup in uh, Deep East Texas. I, I love this game. I think Paris is a sleeper. We like Paris a lot. I like Paris a lot. Um, they are – you came here last year after you saw them play some a team. Anna. Anna. And you came in and you go, that is the nastiest team I have seen all year. They play – Anna had like 14 yards. They play with an edge. Yes. They, they play – they play to hurt you. Yeah, they got to stay on that that, yeah. that the right side of that edge. Well, yeah. sometimes they cross that line and mm-hmm. they do dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But if they just toe that line, yeah, then they're dangerous. Yes, they're and, they, dangerous. and they figured it out. To their credit, after the Argyle game, they kind of figured it out and were like I said, that La Vega game was I think thirty eight twenty, and it was a lot closer than the score indicated. Paris mm-hmm. was Paris was was among the best teams in Class Four A last year, and they expect to be right there at that point again this year. Matt, would you describe me as a company man? <laughs> Hi, Greg. <laughs> I would. I I believe you enjoy uh, those when those direct deposits. Oh. When those direct deposits. I don't blame you. Pick five <laughs> to Sherman, Texas. We go. Oh, the battle! Yeah, the Friday night game of the Texas Football Days Extravaganza on Fox Sports Southwest. It is the Denison Yellow Jackets taking on the Sherman Bearcats for the 131st time. It's something crazy. You, you get different numbers. I there think a fi- there was a fire at the Sherman I, Library. I want to say I had 121, but you know it's it might it's, be 121, not 131. Let me see. Um, let me see. It's a lot. Yeah, I can't look it up. It's a lot. They have played a butt ton. Uh, they have played a lot. 122, actually. 122. 
Um, the 120. That's right. This is the 122nd match. They have played 121. This is their 122nd matchup. Mm-hmm. Is the state's longest continuous rivalry. They've been playing since 1901. They don't care for each other. They have been playing since 1901, and apparently, there are people around town who believe they were playing before then. That like informally. there were yeah like informally they're playing. This is a blood feud. Yeah, they, they, the towns bump up to each other. I mean, it's. I call it. I, I, I call it like cordial bloodlust because yeah. they they are there. There's not going to be fights. There's not going to be anything like that. We don't think. No. But when they get on the field, this axe is the only thing that matters. Oh yeah. And by the way, Denison has won six in a row. And you don't think that just sticks in oh. the craw of the Sherman folks? Oh, J.D. Martinez hates it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he does. He hates it, and he's only been there for like two two of the games. And you <laughs> give them an opportunity on statewide, national, fundamentally national TV, yeah. to take back the axe at home in the last game at Bearcat Stadium, the last battle of the axe at Bearcat Stadium. They get a new stadium. I th- that's mm-hmm. kind of the word. They get a remodel or I think something? so. Well, their stadium probably. Can. I heard from somebody they're getting a new stadium. That's good. Good for them. You give them that. Oh. My gosh. Now, let's talk about the game. Okay. Two great running backs in this one. Yeah. Uh, the super sophomore, J.D. Price, for Denison, who was a revelation as a freshman last year. He's, um, he's, he's fantastic. He he plays way beyond his ears. And, and you're you're going to get a treat when you watch yes. him play. He is fun to watch. Yes. He's, he's legitimately fun to watch. That When he gets the ball, you sit up. The and I In my picks video, I said it was Denison's lightning against Sherman's thunder. Because Sherman's got Mike Tavian Brown, mm-hmm. and he is a load. Yeah, he is two hundred pounds, and he lowers the head, and he welcomes contact, and wants to run you over. Um, the question for me: two things. Well, no, one thing. One thing. It comes down to this. It comes down to Sherman's defense. Plain and simple. If Sherman plays good defense and Sherman forces a couple of turnovers, they get Denison to put the ball to the ground a couple of times. And they get that crowd whipped up. Oh, in a frenzy? Oh, yeah. If they get oh, that boy. crowd whipped up, mm-hmm. it is game freaking on. Yeah. And I think that it could be a lot of fun. But they got to start fast. I think they got to get a play in like a special teams or a defensive, big splash defensive mm-hmm. play in the first half. You get that, you get them whipped up, and that crowd will take you the rest of the yeah, way. Absolutely. They'll take you home. The the Sherman Sherman defense is pretty good in the secondary, but Denison's that's not really what they do. That, that Denison likes to line up and run the ball. Uh, Zaylen Winbush, the DB for Sherman, had seven. Uh, actually, he's a DB for for Denison, but Sherman Sherman's defense is is better in the back seven than the yes. front seven. So Denison likes to run the football, so they're going to try to exploit that weakness. Keep an eye on X Factor, the uh, big three hundred pound uh, H back for Denison, Damian Smallwood, also a uh, sophomore. Um, <laughs> They don't hand him the ball very much, but he's a great lead blocker for Price. Mm-hmm. They will throw him the ball, and he does have decent hands. Love it. And if we can get a big man touchdown in this game, it would be uh, on on Fox Southwest yes. National TV. It would be glorious. It's going to so. be great. I'll be out there for this one too. Then you're going to have Fox got a big screen outside because because uh, there's always it, it only seats sixty five hundred or so, so seven thousand. My dad took me to a Sherman Denison game when I was a kid, and we got there too late because of traffic, and we watched the game from the seventy five overpass. We <laughs> sat, we sat on top of his truck with binoculars and watched the game from the overpass. But I mean, this is classic Texas high school football. It's it's Texas high school football personified. It is. It is. It is two towns 
emptying out in the game, you gotta win. Because let's be honest, let's like let's be real. We're on the premium podcast. Dennison and Sherman are not winning state championships this year, right? Yeah, no. they're probably. I mean, really, they're both good teams. Both good teams. They're both playoff teams, probably, yeah. but they are not winning state championships. This is the biggest game of the year. What was that once we did when we did the rivalry series? We uh. We, the old the Sherman coach, I think it was Drew Young, I think is, was his name, or is his name. Uh, Sherman went to the state semifinals that year. And, uh, like, one of the first times in school history, he went to the semifinals. And uh, some guy, some old, old-timer old sees a uh, coach at the at the gas station, and he goes, hey, coach, great season. You beat Denison. <laughs> like, like, that's what they care right. about. This is know? it. And and I know both coaches, when we told them that, we, that Fox was coming, they were like, Oh my gosh, this is the thing in Texoma that they're talking about. I'm really fired up about it. It's Sherman and Dennison for the 122nd time. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports Southwest treat, on sir. Friday. I'm really you're, excited. Your week, your football weekend. Man, I'm, I've never been to the, I've never seen a game of the Punch Dome and I've never been to the Battle of the Axe. I am living my best life. Yes, right you are. Now. It's really good. So, uh, our draft step took Katie Norshore, Stephenville Argyle, Mission Mission Vets, Amarillo Tescos and Abilene, and Paris and Pleasant Grove. I took Mason Wall, Lufkin, Longview, Refurio, Tidehaven, Civil Steel, San Antonio Connor, and Dennis. And Sherman, and here with his hipster game of the week, All right. the inaugural hipster game of the week. It's Matt Step. I'm gonna go three A Division One Goliad at Columbus. Oh yeah, lots of questions for Goliad this year. That that great senior class that they had a year ago is gone. You know, we 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 sat here last year at this time last year, and we thought Goliad had a great shot to go to the state championship game, and got beat by Yoakum in the, in the quarterfinals in a classic game in Quero. Uh, Coach Nicholson's squad's got a lot of lot of replacing to do, a lot of questions, but we still think they're going to be really good. They're visiting a Columbus squad that I think has equally uh, equally a lot of questions with under new head coach uh, Matt Schobel. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Columbus and that Schobel name, it means a lot. Yes. Those guys are, are the Schobel family is legendary in Columbus, and they have expectations. When they drop down to three A, uh, they thought they had a chance to uh, be a regional contender. And six and five is not good enough no. for for the Columbus Cardinals being in three A. So there's some expectations there with Columbus, and I think that this would be a great at home, a tremendous debut for Coach Schobel and the Cardinals to knock off what we still think is a good, very good Goliad team with a lot of questions. Yeah. So I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams in a, in what we think is a really wide open Region Four race in three A Division One. Uh, the computer has Goliad by eleven, but. Columbus is a very team with potential, a team with upside. Ceiling's very high on them that if two or three things click, we think that they've got the, the pieces in place to really make a run. And Region 4, 381. Why it's not? wide open. Why not? It's there for the taking. Should be fun. And now if you guys want to listen to... Uh, if you want to listen to... Hold on, let me, let me make sure I get this right because this is, this is totally worth the moment that's about to happen. Hold on, you're listening to live coverage of me. Uh, looking something up here um, on TexasFootball.com. Uh, um, I want to make sure I get this tap right. And step. Yeah, tap, tap and step. step. Tap and step. Watch and listen to it. Uh, let's go. <clears throat> Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Let me make sure. I think I just lost it. Hold on. Yeah. 7.30 p.m. Friday night <clears throat> at J.E. Mar Stadium. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> As the Crowley Eagles, oh gosh, come into the E block. That's right, E block, baby. Crowley versus Everman. This this, this, this is not a rivalry game on the scale of Sherman Denison, but there's 
This is, I think, this is Everman's rivalry. I can tell you that. I think this is a great hipster pick. Yeah, I really this is, do. This is Everman's rivalry, and I know you would never pick it because you're an not. e-block guy. But Crowley versus Everman has a lot of intrigue to me. There's some talent left field in this game. There too. really is. Okay, so so Crowley is entering a second year under JJ Resendez, mm-hmm. who uh, I think it's fair to say um, around here we have a ton of respect for him as a program builder and we think that we think that that was an inspired hire that Crowley made a couple of years ago to bring him in and we think they're going places and it's easy to see why they are loaded this is is their year oh my god a lot of experience and the defense has a chance to be crazy good they were nasty last year Crowley's defense was nasty I think they're going to be excellent taking on an Everman team that is kind of a mystery they, very much, very much so. We don't know what they are. Dale Matlock entering his second season at the helm. They go five and six a year ago. Right now, we think they're on the bubble. They're a playoff bubble team. Mm-hmm. Right there on that bubble. Um, but they've got a couple of guys. Juan Davis is moving from wide receiver to quarterback. Texas commit. And I know, I know uh, Dale Keel or Dale Mat- um, Oh my gosh, Dale Matlock, force of habit, is 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 used. It, it has really high hopes for him. Yeah. They got a kid in uh, Jaden Holly that I think they that was a basically a 1,200-yard rusher a year ago. They've got pieces in place, but there's a lot of other youngsters that have to step up. Exactly. It may not happen early for Everman, but this is a really interesting... Here's here's what I'm interested in. If it happens right now for Everman, watch out. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they were young. They were ta- they're young and talented. So yes. where Crowley is talented and, and senior heavy, this is a game that always kind of some weird stuff happens. You yes. know, that they... It's just, it's it's just, it's a rivalry game for sure. Oh, that makes me um, so happy to pick that game. I think the the biggest <laughs> thing for Crowley is going to be their Crowley's got the piece. It's going to be the quarterback Kevin Miller. Yeah, he's got to play well and he can't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. If he, if he takes care of the football and 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 lets the playmakers like MJ Tillman uh, and the running back whose name escapes me, he's committed to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crowley's running back is committed to your alma mater. Thank you, uh, the Mizzou Tigers. Uh, oh, what's his name? I got Dominique, it. I think I got it. Give me a second. He is. Um, running back. Live coverage of Tepper. Oh my yeah, gosh! Crowley's running back. Did Coach not list him on the questionnaire? No. He oh, did. Dominique Johnson. Yeah, Dominique Johnson. Yeah. So if he lets guys like Johnson and MJ Tillman make plays, Crowley will be fine. But if he if Crowley turns the ball over, the game's in Everman. In Everman can get can get a little gnarly sometimes. It can, it can get a little <laughs> no gnarly at times. Way. Yeah, it can get a little. The E block can get a little rowdy. Oh. So. <laughs> That things can get turned pretty quick, so that makes me so happy. Yep, what just so happened? I hope the I hope the little bulldogs can uh, make me proud. On, I'll be keeping up with them on Friday night. Yes, I promise you. Friday night it's Everman and Crowley uh, in in what should be a Go really really bulldogs. interesting a really interesting game. And now uh, Matt Step, everyone knows where I'm going. Wednesday morning, uh, I'm getting in a car. I'm heading to Mason. I'll be in Mason. Wednesday and Thursday, then Friday morning. What community activities you guys are involved in Wednesday? I know we're doing some pep rallies. Uh, okay. I think we're at pep rally and stuff like that. Um, we'll eat be somewhere we'll good. I don't know. I don't know where to eat Mason. Like I really don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the you one know thing to I do Mason, know, Greg, Greg. Tepper at Texas Football. The one thing I do know is that after the game on Friday, on Thursday, they have what's called fifth quarter. Where yeah, he told me about over that. the Church of Christ, where <laughs> some guy smoked meats. Some guy just barbecues, and I I emailed Coach McLeod. I was like, Hey, could I just come to that? And he's like, Yeah, well, you just show up. We'll feed huh. you. I'm like, Ah. <laughs> You're singing my song, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be there, and then I'm hopping in the car s- Friday morning, 
driving to Sherman, becoming the first person in the history of ever to make a direct trip from Mason mm-hmm. to Sherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to Sherman. Go to Battle of the Axe. I'll probably stay the night in Sherman because it's going to be a late night. We're doing two hours of scoreboard uh, after the Emmy Award-winning high school scoreboard yes. life. Back-to-back, baby. Dynasty. Yes. Um, but we are uh, we're doing back to uh, we're do, doing the uh, two hours of scoreboard, and so I won't get off the air till probably twelve thirty or one, and I might just stay the night in Sherman. We'll see uh, instead of driving home. But uh, that is my week, and then I'm going to watch college football on Saturday. There so, um, what are you doing? Thursday, I will be at the new McKinney Stadium to Ooh. see a debut of two head coaches, uh, Jesse Perales at Garment, Garland Name of Forest, and Joe McBride at McKinney Boyd. Very so, interested in Boyd. Yes, I think they've got a chance Both, actually, to be pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so that's my Thursday night game. So first ever visit to the brand oh, new really? Palatial McKinney Stadium. Have you been to the new McKinney Stadium? I've been there. It's nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really nice. I'll have to let you know what the press box spread yeah, is there. Please too. do. Uh, Coach Pratt. I bet, I bet Coach Pratt will take good care of us. I have a feeling. And then Friday, I mentioned I'm heading down to Stephenville for Argyle, Stephenville, another new stadium, back-to-back stadium Man. stadium debuts for me. With Going to a, Prosper next? Uh, oh, that place looks amazing as well. Uh, Argyle, Stephenville, mm-hmm. Friday night. And then I will drive back to my home in Keller and sleep for a little while. And then uh, early Saturday morning, I am headed down to Waco for yes. Hutto and West Mesquite. Another sneaky, interesting game. Hutto's got a lot of questions. West Mesquite was hugely disappointing last year, so I want to see if the, if the Wranglers can kind of get it back going against a Hutto team that uh, offensively has got a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. And that's an 11 a.m. kickoff at Waco ISD. And as soon as that game ends, I will head back up I-35 to Dallas for the 6 o'clock game Saturday night as Houston Yates takes on Dallas Carter, third ward versus Oak Cliff. Love it. At Kincaid Stadium at 6 o'clock Saturday night. So um, four games for me this week. Uh-huh. Uh, it will be a full week. And, You're uh, a value shopper. Yeah, you know I am. That's, that's what I do. Next week's five games. I, I got a triple header next Saturday. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that on Tep and Step next week. And I'll have a full report on the press box food uh, at – Argyle, uh, Stephenville, and McKinney, and Waco. Waco's solid. Yeah, Waco. Waco. You got Waco's a known you commodity. Get the Bush's chicken. You, you know, know you're uh, good. Dallas. You know, we probably won't have anything. We'll to eat. See. If I get a bottle of water, I'll be happy. We'll see. Yeah, that is going to do it for your week one preview on Tep and We Step. did it. How, ah. long do, how long did we go? About an hour. Okay, buddy. It is good to be back. It's good to be back. Really good to be back. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. Um, we, of course, will have complete coverage of week one of the 2019 Texas high school football season at texasfootball.com. Both premium and non-premium items. You will love it. Steps mega preview goes up Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the picks goes up Thursday morning. All that fun stuff. Uh, computer projections go up Wednesday morning as well. So thank free you. Free money is back, baby. Free money is so back. I'm so excited. Max hates that segment so much, and it just <laughs> brings me such joy. Uh, thank you for bringing Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, spending part of your day with us. And Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next week. Tap and step. <laughs>